If you've got your Bibles, let's go to 1 Kings chapter 19. I'm going to start at verse 1. I think I'm going to just read through 12. I don't know how this is going to work. Y'all just come on. Just ride the bus for a minute. Like I said earlier, I've named the title of this message the, the Voice of Silence. How many of you know that silence can be heard? All right, let's go. And Ahab, now we, we've been on Elijah. We've been watching Elijah's his, um, his voyage, if you will. And uh, we've been trying to glean from some of these scriptures and, and what we feel that God may be speaking to us individually or corporately as a body and even to the church in totality. But um, we've gotten up to the point, man, he's already killed prophets. He's already called some rain out the sky and uh, wore his messenger out, made his messenger run seven times back and forth. But um, now we're at the point where Elijah has outran the chariots and he outran them back to Jezreel. And he stood at the gates of Jezreel. How many of you know that it's in the moments of us standing still sometimes that the enemy will strike? We, we've got to continuously be about God's business. There, there's a difference of waiting on God and standing still. And so many of us, we, we get that in our mind. We think that standing still means don't do nothing. Waiting on the Lord means don't do nothing. That, that's wrong. That's wrong. Standing still means be absent of yourself and watch God. Don't, you quit trying to put your hands to it. Let God put his hands to it. But you're not standing still not doing nothing. You still ought to be rejoicing. You still ought to be seeking God's face. You still ought to be asking God for direction. This thing of standing and still setting down, we're releasing it as laziness and we're just not going to do nothing anymore. And that's not the deal. So now we're with Elijah now and Elijah has outran Ahab. And all of his horses and chariots. He's standing at the gates. While he is at the gates, Jezebel has gone into the temple of Ashtra. And she's, I'm pretty, I'm pretty positive she has just thrown up all kinds of little sacrifices. And uh, she's upset now that 450 of those prophets have been killed there. And um, so... She's now saying, here's the deal. I'm going to give his head to you too. So now she's coming after Elijah. Now Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done. Ahab finally got there. Told Elijah all that he had done. Also how he had executed all of the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Eli, to, or to Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, he arose and ran for his life and went to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, 
and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under the broom tree and he prayed that he might die and said, it is enough. I wonder if it... Have you just fought something for so long that you finally just get to a place, you say, this is it, it's enough, I'm done. I'm finished to quit. I'm not going after it no more. I'm not going to try to fix it anymore. I'm not worrying about it anymore. Well, you're worrying about it. But I'll just give up on it. I mean, see, we've all, we've all had, a, had a place in our life where we come to that point. I'm sure there's some of y'all that are sitting in here that's been there. I'm sure there are others that are in leadership that has been there. You, you, you wrote the note out and you went to give it to the pastor. Yeah, I mean, you, you've already said enough's enough, these crazy people. They even got on my nerve. Can I tell you that there's a pastor in here that has knelt beside his bed and put his face in his carpet and said, God, today I resign. Here is my resignation. I quit. These people, oh, come on. So y'all don't like it when it, Moses done it. Moses had the biggest church. And he said, I'm done. I don't blame him. I'd have been done too. But he said, I'm done. But we all, we all get to a point in our life to where we say, it is enough. So this morning, I, I want to attack discouragement and depression. That's what I'm coming after this morning is discouragement and depression. And uh, let's keep reading. Let's keep reading. Now, Lord, take my life. He said, God, I'm done. Just take my life. Moses prayed, if, if these are the people i got to look after, take my life too. <laughs> For I am no better than my father's. Then he lay and he slept under a broom tree and suddenly the angel touched him. And we all know that that angel touch was a slap. That literally means he slapped him. Every once in a while you got to be smacked upside the head to be awakened. Oh, come on, church. Y'all quit being such prudes, man. I'm just reading you the Bible. And said to him, arise and eat. Then he looked, and there by his head was a cake baked on coals and a jar of water. So he ate and drank. How many of you know when God calls you for an assignment and he's got an agenda for you, he will supernaturally provide for you? It's in your weakest moments that you do your best work. When it's for God. Because God already knows now you're out the way. I know you can't do it, so I'm going to take care of it for you. I'm going to get in here and fix it. He brought him water. In the, in the midst of a drought, in, in, in the midst of the desert, he, he brings him water. I mean, when you're running through the desert, you want to drink. God shows up with a jar of water. He shows up with, with bread that's, that's cooked. On coals. Do you remember the other time? There's only two times 
in Scripture where it talks about coals. Take the coal from the brazing altar and press it against my lips. And now he's given bread baked on coals to Elijah. There's, there's, I need to stick with what I've got. I think. So he ate and he drank and he lay down again and the angel of the Lord came back the second time and he slapped him again. And said, rise and eat because the journey, it's too great for you. So he arose, ate and drank and he went in the strength of that food 40 days, 40 nights, as far as Horeb, Mount Horeb, also known as Mount Sinai, the mountain of God. See the uh, There's too many parallels in here. I got to keep my mind focused. And there he went into a cave and spent the night in the place. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. And he said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? So he said, I've been very zealous for the Lord, God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant. He was mad. He was angry. A right to be angry because God's people have forsaken him. torn down your altars, killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left. And they seek to take my life. So God, I've done everything that I can do. I can't do anymore. Matter of fact, I'm the only one left. What good am I for you? Just go ahead and take me out. Then he said, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before, before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. You know, sometimes we, we will allow what people say. Just, just their words. We, we will allow their words to become our reality. Have you ever walked that walk? Let me, yeah, you have. Yeah, you have. Let me, I'm going to help you. I think you ought to cut your hair a certain way. You would look good like that. So we go and we cut our hair a certain way. So we can be liked. We, we wear certain things now so that we can fit in and be like 
everybody else when, in fact, God made you one of a kind. He broke the mold when you dropped from the sky. You do know that, right? There, there was not another that came to this world like you in any form or fashion. You're a one of a kind. You're one in a million. You, nobody will ever be like you, thank God, in some cases. Nobody will ever be like you ever again. You're one of a kind. God wants you to be you. But we have somehow, some way, allowed people and their expectations, their verbiage, their words, their desires to become now our lives. She sent a messenger to Elijah. He read it. The Bible said that when he saw it, When he saw it. See, sometimes people's words weigh so heavy in your life that you see what they say. And if we aren't careful, their words will then become the dictator of our decision. We will walk out our ministry based on what others have said. Some won't finish walking ministry out because of what? Man, discouragement. We must be careful in who we allow to speak into our lives or even about us. Stop carrying it in your backpack. Because their words don't weigh anything. They shouldn't. But they'll weigh you down so much you become tired. Just like Elijah. Elijah became tired. Laid under the broom. Their words weigh so heavy on you that you become tired. You become unwilling to fight anymore. You want to just give up. See, we don't think that it really cuts that deep or it goes that far. And Elijah is showing us now that, man, if we are discouraged too long, if we stay in discouragement too much, we can then become depressed. What happens when we become depressed? See, discouragement's not so strong that it will kill you, but it surely will plant a seed. Depression will come along and take your head off if you allow it. Too many cases that people get depressed that they take their own lives is because depression has been setting and waning for so long. And they can't break free. They don't, they don't know how to get out of. They don't, all they know is what that person said about them. Or what that person, group of people, said to them. But we've all been there. We all have this, this, this issue with discouragement and allowing people to weigh in on our life through their words. My question this morning to you is basically, what is God saying about you? See, if you want to defeat discouragement, you, you've got to know what it is that God's talking to you about. What, what has God said about you? What does God think of you? Not what him or her think. What, what does God think about you and all that God has he would still yet consider 
as worthless as we are in and of ourselves, he would still consider. See, your, your, your problem is you, you, you want to use everybody's words. And it defeats who you are. God made you for a purpose. God put something in your life that has meaning. Why do we allow others to destroy that? Why do we let people in our lives so far and so deep that they will take the very thing that God planted in us to become in Him? He called your name out way before you were ever born. He spoke your name. You believe that? Can you imagine? Even before you were born, God spoke your name. But man, if somebody says something, we soon forget what God said. Because we, we, are, we are tied so much walking according to our flesh. Your desire is to please that one beside you. I'm not picking on you. I'm just telling you that your desire is to please everyone else. If they don't like me, who I don't care if you like me or not. I'm going to go home this evening. I'm going to eat. I'm going to spend time with my family and enjoy the time that I have with my family. I, I don't talk about me over lunch. It don't matter to me. You're not taking time. I will not. I refuse. I deny. I rebuke every word that comes out of your mouth that will bring up false accusations. And I'll let God take care of you. Because he'll set the standard. He'll set the standard against every lying tongue that arises. He sets the standard. Why, why, why are you so tied into it? See, you, you, will, you will expend your energy in trying to figure out how you can get back at somebody for what they say. Instead of go, going, oh, come on. Stick to your notes, Rocky. This, this is good ministry. I, I don't want to mess this. This is good ministry. What's God saying about you? How's he feel about you? The Bible says, let God be true and let every man be a liar. So the words, I mean, come on, if they're not true, if they are true, go pray and repent. Get yourself fixed if they're true. If they hurt your feelings, but it's true, go get yourself fixed. Quit. Quit using this deflection game. I hear it all the time, even in counseling. Well, 
you don't know what they said, and you don't know what they do, and you don't. What are you doing to fix you? Because if you have left you out of the picture, this game's over. Because this is a mirror for you. It ain't, it ain't a weapon for everybody else. It's a mirror for you. Read it. Apply it. Walk by it. You're going to find out things that what God thinks about you is going to blow your mind. It's going to cause you to walk differently. It will cause you to act a certain way. Not because somebody's making... See, this is what we've gotten wrong with religion. We try to make people be something that God ain't even called them to be. That's why you got churches thinking people ain't going to go to heaven if they're smoking a cigarette. Here he comes again, throwing swords at the religion. Mm -hmm. Try to take its head off every chance I get. Because I'm tired of seeing people fail in faith because they're so, they're so being overbearing, or being, not being overbearing, but being, being overruled by man. What are we doing with it? Who are we? If we aren't careful, the words of others can cause us to become discouraged and we will dwell in it for such a period of time that it will lead into depression. I wonder how many of you are carrying the words of someone from the past. Can I tell you we all do? Because we, we can be having just a conversation, Joe. Just yeah. conversating. Man, I remember this one time this guy said, well, this other day, you wouldn't believe what she told. We dwell on people's words. Man, if we dwelled in the word of God as much as we dwell on people's words, how much further could we be? See, if, if God told you that you're beautiful, and he has, if God's told you that you're beautiful, then you're beautiful. Amen. Why are you trying to be? Elijah was so worked up, the Bible said he ran for his life. Doesn't sound right to me. Because if he ran for his life, why did he tell Jesus to take it? I thought he was running for his death. That's what he ran for his life, and the next thing you know, he's under a broom tree going, God, just take my life. There's another story behind the broom tree, but I'll leave that until. We will allow what others say to take such control over us that we'll begin to live our lives or better yet, give up on our lives in order to fulfill how they feel about us. 
we'll quit living. We'll quit pursuing what God's put in us to pursue based on what somebody else has said about us or thinks about us. Man, how quick we forget who God is. See, if God built you for it, he's going to supply you for it. And what I just read, he will supply for your ministry supernaturally. Come on, you've never gotten tired? Boy, take my job for a minute. If you're so full of life and full of energy all the time, let me introduce you. Because we want to run for our lives, too. I'm so tired. I don't, I don't know where I'm going to get my energy from. I'm wore out. God, I'll never be able to do what you've asked me. Exactly. You won't. Because see, what he's called you to, it's going to take him to get you through it. You can't do it on your own. See, every... We read that scripture that God won't put on us more than what we've ever done. Boy, he will crush you. He will crush you. Because in order to get out of you what he's put in you, he's got to get you, he's got to destroy the flesh. All you are is just a little olive. He just wants the oil from it. Yep. Unfortunate thing is you got to go under a lot of weight, a lot of pressure, more than you can handle. But he's equipped you inside. Because the Bible says in 1 Corinthians, I think I'd give that one to you, Tommy, 1 Corinthians. The Bible says that, let's read it. You got it. Pull it up. I know I'll give it to you. There it is. Told you. No temptation has overtaken you except such as in common demand. See, everybody thinks they got one of a kind. You ain't got one of a kind. Everybody else is going to do it too. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond, to be tempted beyond what you're able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. You, you're not going through anything unique. Somebody else has gone there too, Dennis. See, I've sat in the living room wondering if I was ever going to get any food that day when I made her mad early this morning. I bet, I've been there, and when she said, oh, your food's in the microwave, I've walked in the house, and she said, you want something, go fix it. Now, I done been, so what you, you, it's not unique. I've been there too. And I'm sure there are a bunch of other men that would say, amen, preacher, if they were sitting here. We've all gone through that. It's not that we can't bear it. We can bear it with him because he's made a way out already. And it's called Jesus. But we're so quick to give up. How is it that we're so willing to give up on God? How is it 
that words of a fleshly man can divert you and cause you to take your faith and put it up on a shelf. How, how is that? See, you think your mom and daddy create your mom and daddy. Your mom and daddy was no more than a conduit. Oh, okay, fine. Religion. You were created in Christ Jesus before the foundations of the earth. Your mom and dad was just somebody that he chose. That's where you're going. See, that's some of the weight. Because there's been times I go, Lord Jesus, if another child like this one, that he'll make a way out. We quickly, we want to give up and quit because things aren't going as planned. Anybody got, anybody in here right now fighting things aren't going as planned? You a planner. Is everything going as planned? It don't ever do it. See, the only reason they made planners was to make people like you feel better. Like you got control. Guess how much control you have. All you can do is wishful thinking and hope. And hope. We, we write it down in hopes that God's grace will allot us the time to get there, the energy to make it Remember, we, we talked about this thing, man. We set an alarm clock. And don't give it a second thought because that thing's waking us up in the morning. We don't set it going, well, if the Lord's willing, that's going to go. Listen to me. Your alarm clock may never ring again. And I had the pleasure of talking to a guy I ain't seen for a while. Went through some issues and run up on him at the Harley store. Don't be hating. I just like going to the Harley store every once in a while. That's where my boys hang out. But I walk in, I get to talk to him. I'm, he says, the, yeah, the doc said that the condition that I had and the incident that took place, only 50% of the people make it. I said, have you realized yet? You don't hold life in your hands. Only he does. We, we have to be careful. We have to be extremely careful. Because we, we walk. I think we walk with arrogancy, if you want to know the truth. Tomorrow. What's tomorrow? They used to say, what, what's it say? Tomorrow never comes. It's always today. Because by the time you get in tomorrow, well, it's today. So why worry about tomorrow? Because it'll never come. Worry about where you're at now. What's going on right now? What can I do right now? But we're quick to give up. 
Someone don't like us. Because someone don't like us the way we are. Because somebody doesn't like us the way we are, we're willing to change for them and they still don't like us. Better be careful what you're changing and why you're changing for people. I don't want you coming here and changing for me. I don't think I've asked any of you to change anything outside of what the Word of God says. I don't tell you change how you look, how you dress, what you eat, what you drink, if you smoke and if you don't. Those are all personal convictions, man. You live out your Christianity with fear and trembling. If he convicts you and you know he convicts you, then do it. Because if you don't, it's a sin. So even if you change and dress as good as I dress, I still may not like you tomorrow. Right, Joe? I don't like you now because you can grow hair and I can't. But I... Bible said that he went 40 days and 40 nights to Mount Horeb. See, this is where Moses went to hear God speak. Mount Sinai means where God speaks. Sometimes, see, we are so quick to make decisions in our life based on someone's word and we do it abruptly. Maybe there's something to this 40, this number 40, whether it's 40 days or 40 years. Hmm. I wonder if God knows that with your hard head itself that he needs some time with you. And see, instead of making a decision based on your marriage and your jobs and your relationships and, and how you look and how you address people and how you receive people, why don't you give it some time so that God can work on you? God had to work on the Israelites for 40 years. He took them around. See, oh, boy, oh, boy. They was right there. They were in the area where God spoke. But because they were so willing to listen to one another complaining, I don't know why the pastor preaches so long, and complaining, man, is pastor ever going to quit? Today? Keep hanging around them people. And God's going to keep letting you walk around. See, God ain't going to let God. God's not going to call you up on the mountain. What did he tell him? He said, Moses, don't even let them come and touch them. They tell him, I'm going to kill them. That's what he said in the Bible. 
Y'all just don't read it the same way I read it. He said, I'm a kill. Don't let it. They can't touch it. But you come up here. But we want to hang around this group of people for 40 years. Man, I am so thankful that God made us, made us get away from certain. Oh, I ain't saying it was nice. I ain't saying it was fun, and I appreciated it. Matter of fact, I was mad. We played, placed the blame on them. But there's times that you got to get away from some people influencing your life negatively because you've been walking around them. You're right, man. You are right there. All it takes is one step up, man, and you're on your way. And you can't get that one step in. Who influences your life, God or people? They were there. Mount Horeb. I mean, they, you couldn't have wanted to be any better place. That's what God spoke. But we let everybody else, man, drown him out. 40 years. And he goes 40 days and 40 nights. I don't know. Maybe there's something to it. Maybe that ain't. Do your own research. I mean, it could have been 41, but no, they said 40. Could have been 20, but they said 40, so there's got to be something. Told you there's too many parallels in this thing, and it drives me crazy. I want to chase rabbits. But what God is trying to say, maybe, don't be making such a quick decision based on what somebody is saying. Well, give God some time to work some things out in you. Instead of giving up on that marriage tomorrow, give it, give it 40 days. Hang out for a minute. Now, don't act like you've been acting. Fix it. See, everybody's saying, well, I'm, man, this is like torture. I don't think God ever wants you to be in a torturous relationship. No, he wants you to change it. And let's start with you. We don't want, we don't want none of that. Now, pastor... It's not me. It's her. Now, Pastor, you know I wouldn't even say it's him. He said. Yeah, I'm meddling. I'm, listen. Can I ask you this question up until today? Can I ask you this question? How's it been working out for you? Listening to everybody else. See, we're so quick, man. We'll, we'll hear the chatter in the church. Oh, I'm going to put this out on the airway. I don't care. It's going to hurt. It's going to offend. It's coming. I can't keep it. You get the chattering up in the church with people. Lo and behold, they gone. 
Well, what happens? There wasn't another one with them, and another one with them, and another, all based on what somebody has said. Don't nobody know the truth. Everybody following a lie, and out the door they go. Well, guess what? You go keep wandering. God's telling you to hang on for a minute. Set, listen to me for a minute. Man, when you find the voice of God, you better sit still. You better plant yourself. You better stop worrying about what everybody else is doing. You better stop worrying about everybody else reacting out of their emotion and inside their own feeling. You better sit still. Your life depends on it sometimes. But we'll get up and we'll take off because somebody said. Well, I'm tired of hearing somebody say it. This ain't come from me, but I liked it. Heard a pastor one time say, you say it one more time, I'll punch you in the face. <laughs> that wasn't me. That was another pastor. I didn't say that, but I liked it. But my... Read the Bible so much, I've smudged that word. It says, "Don't lay hands on anyone abruptly." I, the word "don't's" not there no more. It's, I thought it was a typo, Cecilia, so I just changed it. I'm trying to help you. Do you do you understand what it's going to take for you to overcome your discouragement and your depression? You're going to have to get where you can hear God speak. It's going to take some time. It's going to take some effort. But what are you willing to sacrifice? Quit asking God, God, what you got for me? What you got for him? What are you willing to set aside? What are you willing to block out of your mind? What are you willing to step into? See, there was only... I'm trying to go through all 66 books. I know of one time where it talked about God coming down and talking. Am I missing another place? I remember it in the garden. Ain't it? There's two places. Where else? Y'all help me. You Bible scholars, y'all know you're reading. He come and he come walk with Abraham, help me. Was that with was that angels though? Did he come up to him? Did he, did he come down? Does it say that he came down? Or did he just talk to him? Because what I'm trying, what the point I'm trying to get to, I mean, I, I know of those two places, because it said that, that God walked with Enoch. And Enoch was no more. I mean, that's only leads to one thing. You might not want to take that little walk. If God come down and say, hey, let's take a walk, you might want to check. We got a saying at our house, when the dogs go to the vet, you know what happens when they go to the vet? They don't come back. 
But see, there's a time God's, God's calling us up. See, man, we always try to bring God down here to our level. And God the whole time is trying to get you to come up to him. But we'll walk around the mountain with other people. You're this close to God. When are we going to stop putting so much weight in their words and start putting more weight in his words? If he said it, why can't we believe it? Not, not believe it for the moment. I mean believe it when it don't happen in your time. Well, I had a pastor 30 years ago that told me that everything was going to be all right. Okay. If it come from God, guess what? It's going to be all right. You've seen that if word. Because you got a lot of proper liars too. This is how we handle discouragement and depression. We go to the place where God speaks. And sometimes it's away from everybody. Sometimes God's going to ask you to leave your best friend for a season, for a moment, for a day, forever. Just so he can talk to you. Because he knows if you don't leave this one or that one, you'll never hear him. Because they have more influence in your life than he does. Come on. I mean, I'd love to do a census. And just ask you. When trouble strikes. Who's the first person you call? Because I'm pretty sure. That the majority. Has got somebody. In their phone. On speed dial. And the name don't start with G-O-D. Come on. It's going to be a friend. It's going to be a sister, a brother. Come on. Right? It, it, it's, gonna, it's somebody that's close to us, that knows us. Well, that's probably the worst people that you could ever have give you any type of um, counseling. Is when they really know you. Because I know you so well. I know, Debbie, I know. I know that if I say it a certain way, she's going to take offense. So I can't say it. But Debbie, it needs to be said. Come on, I'm just, I'm just picking on her. I'm just, I'm, this goes for all of you. I know most of you well enough to know that there are certain ways I can approach you and certain ways I can't. Now, sometimes I want, I'm going to tread that battleground. 
I might get over in there when I shouldn't, but I might do it just to provoke you. Because I want you to change. But see, we, when we deal with God, God don't have no boundaries. Ooh, God is the boundary. See, we go to God. See, when listen. Oh, whoa. When, when you're in desperate need for God to do something in your life, humility has a way to be the first thing you grab. That's humility's a key to get God's ear. <laughs> you Because you're going to him. That's why the Bible talks about our father which art in heaven. Because see, a lot of people have fathers. I, he's like a daddy. He's old enough. A lot of us have earthly fathers. And, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. We can extract wisdom from there. But when we say our father which art in heaven... Now, we have said, okay, God, there, there is nobody here that's going to be able to help me. They can't provide for me. They can't do only you. You're the only God in heaven. You created heaven, hell, and everything else in between. You did that. So I got to come to you. We're showing God humility. We're willing to get rid of ourselves and get before him and ask for his help. And see, when we do that, we're now open. What? <laughs> Some pastors ask for permission to offend. They call themselves equal opportunity offenders. So we ask for permission to offend you. And when you say, yeah, then you can't hold nothing we say against us in the court of law or in heaven. So when we say, God, I need you, we're saying, okay, God, I'm open. Tell me. He, he has no, he ain't looking at your emotion. And everything. He's coming in, he's going to help you fix this problem. Now, this is what you got to do. You know the girl you're hanging out with. You have to let her go for about 40 days. Or more. Or more. Or more. Did you hear that one? Or more. We just, but we open ourselves up for that. And when God speaks, man, you should listen. He's got, you are the apple of his eye. He would dare not do anything to hurt you. He loves you too much. Everything he does is to help you and to make you better and to grow you and to work a relationship with you. He needs you to come away. Are you willing to come away? Are you willing to walk away from some of the noise? See, Elijah, when God said, what, what you doing here? In other words, hey, boy, 
um, you got business to be doing. But God, you don't, <laughs> whiny Christian, but you don't know. I'm the only one left and everybody else and nobody loves you like I do, Lord. <laughs> right? We stand alone by ourselves, explaining to God why we have retracted. God's called you to the mountain for a purpose. Now listen for him. Listen for him. Now, oh, Christian, just because you give your heart to Christ don't mean the world goes away. Matter of fact, it shows you how much the world is evident. Because the, oh, because the light shines on it. He said that he walked out the cave, got to the edge. There was a big wind. God wasn't in it. Man, the earthquake, everything around shaking, rocks falling, mountains tearing. God wasn't in it. Now he's he's looking. Come on, I have to say he's looking. And then a fire. God ain't in it. And then a still small voice. See, that's a it's an improper translation into the English vernacular. The reason they translate it to that is so that our English mind can receive it and understand it because it doesn't sound correct if we were to read it with the Hebrew translation. Because the Hebrew translation, a still small voice. <laughs> Tommy, did you put, you ain't got the title. Did you put a title on this yet that you can throw up? No? See, I threw you a wrench. You ain't never had me ask for that one, did you? He said. So what we should be seeing, instead of a still small voice, is the voice of silence. That's what it is in Hebrew. It doesn't make sense to you because it's a voice of silence. What? It doesn't make sense. But when we can say a still, small voice, we get that. Oh, we got that. We understand that one. Now we got it. But the voice of silence, what's God saying? What's God saying? <laughs> what he is intending to say is this. That in life, you're going to have winds of turmoil blowing through your life. You're going to have Everything about your life shaken. Everything's out, disproportioned. You're going to have fires in your life that feels like it's consuming every living cell in your body. But he's saying, it'll all go away. And you'll see me. You'll hear me. All you have to 
just hang on because when I tell you, this too shall pass. This too shall pass. I'm just asking you to wait it out. I'm asking you just to hang on a minute because when all that goes, now I can talk to you because everything else is silent. Your fire has burned out. The wind has stopped blowing. And your world has stopped shaking. But see, some of you, you're still going through some of you. You're, you're inside of one of the three, if not more than three, if not all three. So there's things in your life, man, that's got you so twisted and so torn and so spun. You won't go to God because you're not hearing him. So you go to people. Well, you're going to have to hang on a minute. God's trying to work something out in you to get you to understand that what he spoke to you is true. But too many of us. Because the fire won't settle down. Because the winds won't calm down. We're, we're going to people. We never hear God. See, we're look, we, we looking for God inside the storm. Like we're, we're looking for him. And that's okay. We can't look for him because every once in a while he does walk into the storm. He'll actually walk into the fire with you. Hebrews, right? But God's saying, if you'll just wait. If you'll just trust me. Turn off their words. Quit carrying their words. If you'll just listen, I promise you, I'll speak to you in silence. You'll hear me. The next, Elijah said, or the Bible said that Elijah grabbed his mantle and wrapped it around his face because he knew it was God. See, that's a, oh man. This action, metaphorically speaking, he's encapsulating his head so that nobody else can speak. And the only person he can hear is God. He's shutting the world off. He shut his friends off. The one he left a day later, a day earlier. He's shutting his voice out because I can hear him now. Why are you leaving me? If God wanted you to go, you know he put me in your life. Come on. Oh. Pastor, I believe God called me come alongside your ministry. Somebody's phone right there should have went. Right? You got to let the storm settle. Quit being so quick to respond to what people say and what people do. Wait on God a little bit. Give him some time. And in the meantime, work it out in you. What is it you're hearing? What difference does it make what everybody else is hearing? What are you hearing? What's God saying to you? Don't get hung up to where you think it's just you and God. And all by myself, and I can't do it. Just take my life. 
quick because listen, because if God doesn't take your life at that point, you may take on a, you might do it yourself. And you know what happens. Sometimes people attempt suicide and succeed. You don't want to be the person that is attempting to reach out and call for help from people that don't like you anyway. They don't care if you change. God's never left your side. When everybody else is in bed, or hanging out and watching YouTube. God's sitting right there waiting on you to talk to him. You've got to trust that God will speak to you. But we better be careful with how we allow depression to come on. You're not a failure. told you that who says you'll never be nothing who told you that who says you'll never get it together who told you that who said you can't fix it who told you that? What is God telling you? When are you going to live by His words? Stop letting people dictate your life. Be you. Because can't nobody else be you. And there's something that God wants you to accomplish for him. Man, you, you didn't choose me. I chose you. He chose you. Not your friend. So why are you running to your friend? He chose you to do this. Oh, I, Pastor, you don't know how hard it is. Yes, I do. It's complicated. I get it. But, Pastor, I've been doing it for a long So have I. It's complicated. I get it. I don't think I can make it. I know. I said the same thing. It's complicated. I get it. But God chose you. You. The one that you are right now. Not because of the way you dress. Not because of the way you wear your hair. I didn't mean to look at you when I said that, but I just it just came about. See, I can't do nothing without just... I'll jump into mud puddles with both feet 
Thank you, Cecilia. Keep praying for me. I jump in the mud puddles with both feet. I get my shoes dirty every Sunday and every Wednesday. Thanks be to God, you're comfortable in your skin. Don't get beat up by people. Don't you dare allow people to tell you something that you aren't. When God said you are. You're not a failure. Stop quitting. Stop quitting. You're not a failure until you don't try again. When you decide to give up, that's when you're a failure. But you're going to fall. You, you're going to fall. It's going to hurt. Knees are going to be scuffed up. It's going to hurt. Get up. Stop quitting. I'm telling you, God will supernaturally supply for you. You hear me? I said supernaturally. I don't... I'm talking about one day you just might walk out in the backyard and pull a $100 bill off a tree. You just might do that. Huh? We're two or three. <laughs> Or one or two. <laughs> Supernaturally. Not. Man, when you don't have any strength, you wake up the next morning feeling like a million bucks. I mean, provide for you supernaturally. Give you wisdom and moments. And truth be known, if you was by yourself, you know that you wouldn't have said what you just said. You can't even remember what you said. <laughs> Supernaturally, he'll provide for the ministry he's called you to. You got a work to do. What are you doing here? You're not by yourself. What are you, what are you doing here? There's somebody else, man. They talking prophets in other caves. You ain't by yourself. Get off this mountain and go to work. Come on, you ain't, you ain't the only mother struggling with a six-year-old child. Get up and go to work. You got work to do. There's other women out there. Be careful about the forums that you attach yourself to. You get into the woes of me and you'll never come out. Because there are some people who love to jump right down in the pit with you and sit. I ain't him. Might come down, I'm going to beat you all the way out. Because God's already told you that you're free. God's already told you that you're the head and not the tail. He's already told you that you're blessed going in and blessed coming. He's already told you that you're a lender. Not. He's already told you that you're blessed and highly favored. He's already told you that you're an heir. What, what are you doing here? I'm not talking about here. I know what you're doing here. At least, I, at least I hope I know. What are you here for? Why? 
See, God had to get him out of that cave. I'm almost done. God, some people say, just take your time. But see what I mean? People go, why did the pastor preach so long? I got chicken to eat. I want... God had to get him out of the cave. Because see, you, you, you run up into your own little cave. It's nothing but dark. It's dark. It's damp. Only mold grows there. It's dark and it's damp. And all you can hear in a cave. Boy, it's bad enough when you hear yourself one time. But go into a cave. And then yourself repeats. Huh? Boy, that's the last, that's the last thing you... Boy, I hate my life. 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 And you keep hearing it and hearing it. And sooner or later, guess what? You really do hate your life. Man, I wish she would just leave. I wish she would just leave. I wish she would just leave. And then she does. Then you run out the cave. God, why? There ain't, ain't no repeating then. We, God had to get him out of the cave. He didn't want him to keep talking to himself inside the cave and keep hearing the repeat of woes to me. I'm the only one left. God, I'm zealous for you. I've done it all. I'm no better than my father's. Just kill me. Just take my, he said, I got, you, listen, you have to come away from that. Get out to the edge of the cave. Yeah, earthquakes are happening. Winds are blowing and fires are brewing. But this too. Get out there. Stop. You can't run from your problems. How many of you have been able to run from it and it not find you? Come on, man. I used to run so hard, I get drunk. And all my problems were solved. And then the next morning, my problems are there, and I got a headache. And I probably wrecked a car or a truck. And my wife then probably left me and took my dog. I mean, are you listening? You can't run from it. It's going to be there. Let's fight this thing. Let's, let's wait this thing. Let's, let's go outside. Let's, let's wait. Let's look. Let's listen. Just because the wind blew and then now there's an earthquake, don't, don't get to quit running. And nobody else can help you. Will you hear me? I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a counselor. I'm not any of that. The only thing I'm going to do is give you stuff based off of experience and what I know that I've applied this word to and I've seen it come to pass and I see that this word remains true no matter what day, no matter what year, no matter what generation, no matter what problem, no matter what person. Man, we running. She said something the other day. 
about going and getting some medicine for something. I forgot what it was now. Go get some medicine. I don't want no medicine. I don't want no medication. Yeah, I'm hard-headed, and I'm not, I'm not speaking against medication. So don't, don't you dare run home and throw all your pills in the trash. Unless God tells you. And it better be God. Don't you dare let it be me. I ain't God. I just don't. I don't like doctors. It's a practice. I just don't want to practice it on me. I want to make sure that they <laughs> experts in their field. But not. Everybody has their own convictions with things. And there's things that need medication. And I'm not against it. Because medication is a miracle too. Whether you want to believe it or not. But you better make sure, man, you went to the physician first. He ain't practicing medicine. We got a problem in a marriage? Go to him first. Not go sit in front of a counselor who's been divorced four times, five times. I don't know, whatever it was. We go try to save our marriage. And I ain't like counselors, no way. I ain't going, I ain't going to somebody tell me how to do my marriage, whatever. So I went. Probably should have stuck to my first words. Find out he was divorced four times. And go, and go tell me how to keep my marriage together. I said... Well, you done lost your ever-loving mind. No offense, cut your ponytail. I'm out. And never went back. And then God, 29 years later. So I, I'm, listen, I, I get it, man. Sometimes we, we want now because we don't think we can make it. And God said, if you just give me 40 days, you know, that ought to be your stickler. That ought to be your stickler. Anytime you got to make a decision, give it 40 days. I mean, it can't be bad. Unless God says, all right, now look, this thing's going to run away from you tomorrow. Get it. You better make sure it's God. You know how you know it's God's voice? It's when you become a sheep. I'm, I'm going to leave that alone. The Bible says, my sheep will know my voice, not my lambs. There's a maturing factor. People think just because you saved, you're going to know. You ain't been walking with him the whole time. What makes you think you're going to know his voice when he speaks to you? Never mind. We have to grow and mature in Christ. And when you get to that point, man, he starts releasing stuff on you. Then you begin to understand authority over power like we found out on Wednesday. 